You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Happy Monday, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Yourself? You know, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little shocked by the uh, events of the last 24 to 36 hours. Because as we talked about it on Saturday, we talked about Afghanistan on Saturday. The capital hadn't fallen yet. Well, now it has. With literally not even so much as a sneeze. By the way, did you see anybody in those, all that footage we just looked at, did you see anybody in masks in Afghanistan? No. One would think that... <laughs> One would think that uh, that COVID would be a real big problem there. One would think that because of, you know, poor sanitary conditions and things like that. One one would think that that would be a big problem there, but it's almost like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Huh. Oh, they must have superhuman immune systems, right? Yeah, they must. But we'll get into that. We'll get into COVID stuff later. When we talked about this on Saturday, the first thing that came to my mind was, boy, they wouldn't do this on purpose, would they? Would they? They wouldn't just hand over... Afghanistan to the Taliban, who would in turn hand it over to Beijing, they wouldn't just do that, would they? No, I mean, no, no. See, the government wouldn't lie to us for an entire year and gaslight us over and years. over on, well, uh, I'm, I was referencing just COVID uh, oh. within recent memory. Uh, but yeah, uh, going back to what you were saying, uh, 20 years, if you want to go back to there, they wouldn't lie to us about having to be there in Afghanistan and Iraq and Syria. Uh, they wouldn't have been lying to us. And we surely we couldn't have been out of there by 2003 and had uh, Osama bin Laden dead and by 2004 been completely out of those countries. And mm -hmm. last major city in northern Afghanistan falls to the Taliban while Joe Biden vacations. Oh, yeah. He's wandering around Rehoboth Beach somewhere with zinc oxide on his nose, not knowing where in the hell he is at. Hell, the man's walking through the bushes randomly at the White House. Can't even listen to what the Secret Service is telling him. So everyone understands that this person is incompetent. July 8th of 2021. Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Why? Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world and an air force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Mr. President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. Is it? Can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. They, so, did, not, they didn't, did not reach that conclusion. So what is the level of confidence that they have that it will not collapse? The Afghan government and leadership has to come together. They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place. And do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese army. 
They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. So the question now is, where do they go from here? That, the jury is still out. But the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. And of course, every single bit of that happened, including the U.S. personnel being airlifted off of the top of the embassy by a helicopter. It's almost like they even used the same Chinook. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. They look really similar. Yeah. Of course, they haven't really changed much over the years. So if you look at some of the photos that are circulating out there, if you can actually find them, if you're not on Twitter or Facebook or any of those propaganda platforms, if you're off of those and you're on, say, for example, our Telegram page, we have a lot of those up there. The U.S. diplomats evacuate the embassy via helicopter as the Taliban enters Kabul from all sides. And we show that photo. And right next to that, we show U.S. diplomats evacuating the embassy via helicopter as the Viet Cong captures Saigon in 1975. Boy, they look almost exactly the same. The U.S. embassy in Kabul uh, issues a security alert reporting the uh, reports of the airport now taking fire. Uh, they're telling people to, quote, shelter in place and do not come to the embassy or airport at this time. Yes, this has turned out to be a wonderful, wonderful operation, hasn't it? Uh, gee, let me think. Are you possibly restarting what you've lost ground on? I'm just guessing here. Because think about it. Think about it. What did we actually go into Afghanistan for? What did we go in there for? Let's let's go back. Let's go back 20 years. Let's look at it like that. Okay. What did we go in there for? Bin Laden, right? War on terror. Is that what we went in there for? Reasons, yeah. That was one of the reasons. Hell, we didn't even get him in there. We got him in Pakistan. If you even buy that narrative, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying there's a lot of theories out there. Make up your own mind. But if you go by the mainline story, which is what we're going by now, we got him in Pakistan. So what were we even doing there in the first place? Well, if you were to go back and you were to look at reports from even Geraldo Rivera did a thing on it at one point in time, we were actually guarding the opium fields is what we were doing. They were loading it on aircraft, military aircraft, and they were shipping it out of the country. Geraldo Rivera on Fox News did a report on that. They had the army sergeant out there saying, well, yeah, it's kind of, well, you got a crisis of conscience, but uh, well, what do you do, right? Did we or did we not have an opioid epidemic explode in the United States right after that? Who's in there as well? Who's also in Afghanistan, but they're not fighting a war? It's China. What are they doing in there? They're in there with excavators. They're mining 4,000 kilotons a month of lithium for batteries. We're in there providing security for them. All right, so we're providing security for China and their interest, right? So we can turn around and we can buy batteries and electronic devices from them because they make it and we don't. So we're paying a premium for it. So there's that. On top of that, what do you have under the last two administrations? You have a rise of ISIS, right? You had pallets of cash being delivered to on tarmacs in Tehran. You had our stealth drone technology perfectly landed at military air bases in Tehran. Oh, they brought it down with an EMP, right? Uh-huh. 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 You have ISIS, ISIL, Daesh, whatever you want to call them, right? You had the Houthi rebels who were in cahoots with them out of Yemen, who were the Iranian-backed rebels. A lot of them were shored up in, uh, in parts of southern Saudi Arabia. Trump actually had a deal to smash them out of the game. They were doing a pretty good job with it. He cleaned up the mess. And believe me, I'm not a cheerleader for Trump these days. I'm just pointing out what happened here. He cleaned up the mess of the creation of ISIS 
from the previous administration is what he did. These dudes are rolling around in brand new trucks. They're constantly getting brand new supplies, brand new armaments, constantly. Hell, even Wolf Blitzer, if you can believe it, Wolf Blitzer at the time is saying, uh, how is it that these guys are so well funded? I mean, what, what's, what's going on here? Uh, what, why, why do they have brand new Toyota pickup trucks? And, and why do they have all these RPGs? And, and wh where are they getting all this gear? Trump shot all that down. He actually partnered with Putin and the Russians to shut all that down. He dropped the Moab on these people. He cleaned up that mess in a few months. And oh, man, was the intelligence community. Oh, man, were the contractors. Oh, my God, were they pissed. That's their money-making machine. That's what they do. Everyone gets a pension. Everyone gets fat cat rich guy deals. Everyone plays golf and watches their 401k. Everyone's happy. And in the meantime, our men and women are dying. 20 years. 20 damn years in that place. And what did we get? 2,000 plus dead, 20,000 or more injured, not to mention long-term effects that people are going to have to deal with. I got friends that lost their lives over there. Bruce, I'm sure you do too. Got buddies of mine that didn't make it home. I'm not very happy. I got friends of mine that went over there and they came back. And guess what? They're not the same. They get tossed aside like garbage. And for what? So I'm not very happy. A lot of servicemen, service women, veterans, they're not happy. Um, I have to agree. I'm I'm not happy with how this has gone down. As you said, the, the sheer amount of disrespect and disregard to our veterans, but then also just the human life that's there. They they just treat them as as pawns. As of course, I mean, it's the government. What do you expect? They, they treat everybody like pawns. We knew from experiences in Syria, from experiences in Iraq, we knew exactly what the provisional governments or the the militaries, whatever, that, that we were training, we knew exactly how well they fought against the Taliban and against ISIS. They dropped their guns and they ran. That's what they did. Um, they left equipment behind and Taliban were using our own equipment against us uh, because we were trying to train them. The mindset of those countries are different than our own. They don't fight for countries, they fight for tribes. It was not going to work. Biden and his speech that he gave on July 8th, saying that it's not going to be like Vietnam. It's not. They have plenty of forces, 300,000 and, and, and Taliban are what, 75,000? OK, where, number one, I, I thought we annihilated the Taliban. I, I, I thought, wasn't it Obama's administration said they're done? They're, they're the, what do you say? He made a basketball reference. I don't even remember what he said now. Well, I tell you what, you can go further back than that. You can go further back than that. And let, let's just let's just play this now. Right. Just because we're on the topic since you brought it up. Thanks to our military and our allies and the brave fighters of Afghanistan, the Taliban regime is coming to an end. Yet our responsibilities to the people of Afghanistan have not ended. We work for a new era of human rights and human dignity in that country. You lying bastard. No, he, he said it right there. He said we were done. We did what we came, we came to do. Now we're going to stay there and we're going to try to d turn it into a, a democracy or, a, a you know, some little Can't vassal of the United Can't States. Can't do that. Doesn't work. Th this nation building garbage doesn't work. Not every country in the world is like China. Oh, yes, I said that correctly. That's what they did with China. They took this ragtag group of guys that they had hiding out in the mountains somewhere that was run by a dude named Mao Zedong. They funded him. They built 
that nation. China didn't get there on their own. We've been sold out. We've been gutted by all these people. All these people that are sitting down in Davos, all these people that are sitting at the United Nations, all these people that are on board with all these corporations that are selling us out with the fat cat deals, the contractors, the military industrial complex, whatever you want to call it, they're all in it for themselves. They're done with us. That's what it's all about. They're trying to recreate what they did in China, in Afghanistan, because China's collapsing. That's why. See, that's the elephant. That's the red herring right there. No one wants to talk about China's collapsing. And you can't do it. You can't do it in those countries. The, the, the culture is so vastly different that you cannot do those things in those countries. As, as, as I said, they, they fight for tribes. Uh, that's why they have no reason to be there fighting against Taliban. I don't know. I could say the same about our own troops, though. They shouldn't be there fighting it. Um, uh, and to correct myself, I believe uh, Obama was talking about ISIS, not uh, Taliban. He was saying they were. Um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't remember exactly what he said there, but he, he made a reference to a basketball team. But anyway, all that to say, Taliban and ISIS both were supposed to be done uh, and destroyed. Which, if you knew anybody in the intelligence world, you knew that the people that were in the Taliban were in ISIS and were in ISIL or whatever they were calling themselves. It, like, they just changed positions. It, 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 it was the same people. The, the uh, Iraqi guard or whatever it was, the elite that were there, they were the Taliban. Many of the leaders in Taliban were them. Uh, they, they had escaped. And uh, <laughs> so no, it's no surprise. Okay, so everyone's fled, right? Everyone just laid their guns down and just ran. No one stayed. They've captured military aircraft, caches of thousands of weapons and armaments. Hell, even some Remember, drones. Three hundred thousand. Oh yeah, three hundred thousand. Yeah, one of the most yeah. uh, heavily armed and sophisticated fighting forces in the world. What about that green on blue? Yeah, most of our guys mm -hmm. were shot in the back by Afghan security forces. Oh, it's just an accident, right? It's just an accident. We've been saying that the establishment's in panic. We've, we've been saying that. They're in panic. They're behind. They're trying to regain ground. They're trying to ram through 10 to 15 years within a few years. Hell, a couple of years. Uh, probably three. Rumor has it right now that the timeline we're looking at is around end of 2022. That's also, you can kind of piece that in with like what Boris Johnson had to say. You can also piece that in with the clip we played here of Bill Gates last week when he said, uh, the final solution, that's going to come one to two years out. That'll put you in 2022. But if you go by the timetable, he said that. So 2022 is their goal here. They're trying to cram 10 to 15 years worth of geopolitical strategy that's failed, by the way, within a few years. So what do you have now? A flash mob has just popped up outside of the UN building in New York City. And several European politicians are now saying, oh, we must now open our doors to Afghan refugees. Uh, no, no. Let, let's look at it like this. Okay, first of all, that is your responsibility. Okay, that is not the nation's responsibility. That's your responsibility. Bruce and I were talking offline just the other day when we went off. And he said, are we obligated to now go back in and restabilize? Are we obligated to do that? And I mean, we had the legitimate discussion, albeit it was offline, but we can have it here now. Why not? And I said, no, I said, no. The reason I said no is because people such as myself and many others, not not just me, mainliners, people that sit in situation talks in the Oval Office, they say we don't have any business there. I remember mainline talk show hosts back in uh, back in the early 2000s, like Alan Combs, and he's a leftist, by the way, saying, all right, we got bin Laden. What are we doing? Why are we still there? None of this makes any sense. We shouldn't be there. 
and people like myself who were against going into all of those countries to begin with. So are we obligated to go in and stabilize? No, no, we're not the policemen of the world. We're not obligated to go in there. However, my answer was this. And let's be honest, this is a this is I guess you can call this a pipe dream. But hey, you know, stranger things have happened. As I said, justice has a way of circling back to take a line from Jinsaki and it has a way sometimes. Our responsibility is to gather up these individuals, be it in government, private corporations or whatever. Anybody that has a hand in going over and destabilizing these nations, our responsibility is to hand them over to them for justice. That's our responsibility. Our responsibility is not to go in there and to reestablish stability. Quite frankly, we shouldn't have been in there in the first place. The people that make the decisions that put us in there are the ones that are responsible, not us. Any sane nation that hears politicians or whatever you want to call them, I, I call them losers and liars, any politician that says something like that, you should be deported immediately to the country that you're advocating to bring in. That's what should happen to you. Now, you can call that discriminatory, whatever. You can call that whatever you want. But that's an enemy of the state right there that wants to crash your way of life, your culture, your values. You can't import that way of life to this nation any more than you can import our way to them. You can't do it. The protesters in front of the U.N. building, we were talking before this when we were going over the material, uh, the news, um, there was a, uh, an interview of one of the Taliban fighters saying they were asked to be there. Yes, they, to, were, to, they were asked. Well, they were they were taking position around each of the city gates. You know, they have gates and checkpoints. Uh, they were taking position around each one of those. And because the government was collapsing and because the looting was this is according to Afghan media, by the way, uh, because because I'm sure they wouldn't be sympathizers or anything because of the looting. And of course, we know what happens when you loot and when you steal in largely Islamic nations. Marty's talked about that several times here before. It's no secret what happens to you. But they were asked to come in to stabilize and, and enforce law and order. They were asked to come in. Yeah. So with that in mind, they were asked. Uh, my next question is, is who asked you? And who invited the Taliban to come in and start taking over everything anyway? Um, which, by the way, that was Biden. He was the one that invited them in um, by telling the entire world we're going to violate our word and not pull out our troops. Uh, like the previous administration said we were going to and um, uh, basically triggered all this. Um, but that said, the protesters that the flash mob, um, you, you remember we, we've, we've kind of talked about this before. Um, uh -huh. Civil Society 2.0. Mm -hmm. George Soros. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you remember what one of the things that they uh, taught the, the people to do? Flash mobs. They were taught how to organize flash mobs, social media. You know, using 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 the web. Why all of a sudden do we have a flash mob saying that we should take in uh, Afghani refugees? Mind you, I'm I'm not against taking in refugees. I'm not against taking in immigrants. I'm not against no helping the you know asylum. I, I'm not no, against of that. Of course not. No, of course not. The, that's the, that's the, not, the to be I clear. To, just to be clear, to, to be clear, that's not what we're saying here. That, that's not what we're saying. We're not anti-immigration by any stretch. Hell, I I myself. I'm a product of immigration. Bruce is mm -hmm. kind of Native American, so he can't. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I myself am a product of immigration. My family comes from Europe, but they went to the U.S. back in the early 20th century. And as a result, you know, I through a couple of generations, I came out of that. So inherently, I can't be against it. I'm not against it. Mm -hmm. 
Sorry, go ahead. So we're not against those things. We're what uh, I I would contend that it's more difficult for those countries to immigrate here uh, because you have to have the mindset of I want to come to the country and integrate, um, which most it, it, that's not the case most of the time. But anyway, why is my question? Did all of this happen now? Why 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 is this all coming up now? It just it seems too too convenient. Coincidental. I think they're I think they're trying to make up for lost time. They're trying to restart that conflict and that uh, that little hit squad that they had marching across the Middle East, and they're using them as a tool. See, they the Chinese can't do it. Be clear about that. You didn't have the Soviets. Once the Soviet Union collapsed, they needed something else. We waited about ten years for them to cook up something else, and they cooked up radical Islamic terror because of the nine eleven incident. So they needed a new boogeyman to menace everybody. That failed. That failed. It was supposed to be an outside threat to take everybody's rights. That didn't work. You got COVID after that, didn't you? Because the populist movement was rising. Then you became the terrorist. You became the threat to everyone else. They tried an outside threat. You didn't react to it. Article from July 29th out of the London Guardian. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Oh boy, he's been great, hasn't he? This, this, this guy. He's been wonderful. He says that... Um, Beijing's interest in Afghanistan could be a positive thing. That was, of course, after China gave a very warm and very public welcome to a senior Taliban delegation. This is just a couple of weeks ago that this was out. And of course, them marching all the way across the country. I mean, that was, you know, wasn't really a wasn't really talked about too much a couple of weeks ago. Nine officials from the militant group, which are eager for the political recognition to bolster the impact of its military victories across much of Afghanistan, met China's foreign minister, Wang Yi, in the coastal city of Tianjin on Wednesday. Oh, now that could be a positive thing, according to U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Well, he was on Chuck Todd talking about it. Let's hear what he had to say. I want to play something you said in June about the withdrawal and get you to respond to it on the other side. Here it is. I don't think it's going to be something that happens from a Friday to a Monday. Uh, so I wouldn't um, necessarily equate the departure of our forces uh, in July, August, or by early September with some kind of immediate uh, deterioration uh, in, the, uh, in the situation. Mm -hmm. How did uh, that assessment end up so wrong? Uh, is that an intelligence assessment that went wrong? Is that Pentagon assessment that went wrong? Uh, your own? How? That does not age well. Two things, Chuck. Uh, first, we've known all along that uh, the Taliban was at its strongest position in terms of its strength since what? 2001. Uh, when what? we came to office, that was the fact. And, and we said all along, including uh, back then, that there was a real chance that the Taliban would make uh, significant gains throughout <laughs> Afghanistan. Uh, but on the other hand, I have to tell you that uh, the inability of Afghan security forces uh, to defend their country uh, has played a, a very uh, powerful role in what we've seen over the last uh, the last few weeks. The fact is, we invested, uh, the international community invested over 20 years, billions of dollars in these forces. Trillions. 300,000 of them uh, with an Air Force, something the Taliban uh, didn't have, with the most modern, uh, sophisticated equipment. And unfortunately, uh, tragically, they have not been able uh, to defend the country. And I think that uh, explains why this has moved as quickly as it's moved. Uh, how about the fact, uh, Secretary of State, how about the fact that you are grossly incompetent, sir? How about that? Can we start there? How about the fact that you have absolutely no excuse, none, for any of what you just said? You have no excuse. You don't have a leg to stand on. We played a clip from July 8th 
of the old man standing up there talking about, oh, 300,000. Uh, there's no chance of the, uh, 300,000 security forces, one of the most highly trained groups uh, in, in the world next to us, of course. There's no way. There's no way. They, the intelligence community, they, they didn't say that the government was going to collapse. It wasn't going to be imminent. No, no. It's all a bunch of garbage. It's all lies. Why would President Bush come out and say that the Taliban is, is essentially defeated if what the State Department there is saying, well, we knew since 2001 that this was going to be a, a, excuse me? Um, so you, you're, you're saying all of you have been lying. Every single one of you have been lying, elected and bureaucrat this entire time. That, that, that's the only conclusion you can come to, that they, they were lying to us through this whole thing. And it, the thing is, is now because there was so many lies in there, now you're saying that everything that was said was a lie from like, we, we don't know which direction it was. Uh, it, maybe it was just him that was lying just there. But what if he was telling the truth? Now that means that all the other stuff we were hearing from other bureaucrats and, and elected officials were lies. So which is it? Who's lying? They're all a disgrace. Every last one of them. And you know what? You can't hang this on Trump. You, you can't hang this on Trump. There's no way. And believe me, I, I've got plenty to blame Trump for these days. I'm not a cheerleader for the guy. I'll say it again. I will say that again because everybody's always, oh, well, you, you must be for Trump. You must be against Trump. No, I'm for the American people in the U.S. Constitution and we the people worldwide. That's what I'm for. I'm for freedom and liberty. I'm not for a person. If you think that this is a Donald Trump cheerleading podcast, this is not the podcast for you. We're for freedom and liberty and for the American way. And whoever wants to adopt that, good on you. We support you 110%. But this, this, the, these, these fools that are spending our tax dollars, that are sacrificing our men and women to go in there and, and build these little pet projects and try and recreate what they did 50 to 60 years ago to give themselves another springboard so they can start at the bottom and work their way back up and continue another 70-year project of nation building. It doesn't work. You know, I, I, was, I was telling people back in 2000s, early 2000s, because everybody was still all gung-ho. Oh, when you signing up, when you go, because I just turned 18. You know, when you sign up, when you go on, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And they said, well, why not? I said, what am I going to go to? And for what? You see, I was able to disseminate a lot of that propaganda even back then. It was a little bit more difficult back then because a couple of reasons. One, I was young and naive. And two, information didn't quite flow the way that it flows now. So it was even more difficult. But I remember telling people back then, I said, what are you going to do? And maybe we can kind of work this into a segue here. What are you going to do when they flip that script on you? What are you going to do then? People laughed at me. They ridiculed me. They said I was un-American. Well, you hate America? That's what I got. I got that from some of the highest levels of naval personnel. Okay, I'll just put it that way. You don't know what you're talking about, son. That's what I got. Bruce, let me ask you a question. Actually, I'm going to ask you a series of yes or no questions, and all you have to do is answer yes or no. Seems simple enough, right? Sure. Are you or are you not, yes or no, are you opposed to COVID measures? Yeah. You are? That's a big okay. yes. All right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that everybody listening to us is as well. That's the first question. Second question. Do you believe in any kind of election fraud and a belief that Trump can be reinstated to office? Yes to the first part, no to the second. Okay. Well, we can go with, I mean. We'll just say yes. We'll just say yes. Just yeah, but make it easy. I, I get, yeah, because yeah, I'm with you on the second part. I, I don't believe that mm -hmm. either. So, yeah, okay. But in the eyes of government, that's still considered a yes. So that's, we'll yeah. go with that. Okay. Um, are you for 
uh, 9-11 anniversary celebrations and religious holidays. Yeah. You yeah, are. I do. Uh, well, I don't celebrate 9-11. Well, no, you don't celebrate it, but you recognize you that it's you know, an anniversary. Day. Yeah. Yeah. And we always do a special yeah. podcast on that day anyway. You know, we talk about what happened that day and everything. And, you know, that's what we do. Last year, we actually had a really special guest. We had a guy that was actually in New York on that day. But um, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you are now considered a potential terror threat by the Department of Homeland Security. They have actually put this out on their website. It's up there. We went and verified it. It's there. We have the link in the article up there on our Telegram page. Please go and take a look. The National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin of August 13th of 2021 lists everything that I just said as now potential terrorists. Again, 15, 16 years ago, I told you what I was treated like. I said, what are you going to do when they flip that script on you? I said, what are you going to do? Oh, yes, we're going to go over there. We're going to bomb the dude and, and his camel that's in a cave somewhere in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, yeah, for America, right? What are you going to do when they flip that on you? Couldn't happen. Where does it end? Yeah, couldn't happen. No, you, you're crazy, man. You're, you're, you're unpatriotic. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I do know what I'm talking about because that's how these things work. They pick an unpopular group to beta test something on. And then once they get all the kinks worked out, all the bugs worked out, then they turn the machine on and they go after the real target group. COVID's no different. They're picking an unpopular group that they're calling the majority, the ones that are out there taking the shots. They're getting all the kinks worked out with them. Of course, they're not going to be around much to use this COVID passport system, which is kind of strange when you think about it. They're putting in all these measures and... You know, someone asked me the other day, said, how long are these things going to be in place? I said, well, quite frankly, I don't think they're going to be in place very long because, well, a couple of things are going to happen. The business is going to go out of business because no one's going to go there. And two, people aren't going to be able to go there. And the reason they're not going to be able to go there is because no one's going to be around to go there. But if you oppose COVID measures, <laughs> you couldn't make it up. If you oppose COVID measures, if you believe 9-11 is an anniversary, think about that. If you believe religious holidays are something you should celebrate. By the way, that that pretty much makes every American a potential threat because Christmas. That's the idea. Is a religious the holiday. Idea. Yeah, that's the idea. You're telling me these three letter agencies don't need to be gutted from the inside out. You talk about terrorists. I would, I would never contend that the government doesn't need to be you uh, talk, gutted. You talk about terrorists. You people got a lot of nerve. Blinken and, and, and all these idiots up there, all these fools. You people got a lot of nerve. You got a lot of nerve because a couple of reasons. One, you're incompetent. Two, you're a fool. You're a liar. You're a loser. You have no idea what you're talking about. None of you do. You're out there using the DHS to call patriotic Americans terrorists, saying if we want to celebrate Christmas, that's now terrorism. If we want to recognize that 9-11 is now an anniversary of something, that's terrorism. When your incompetence just handed the Taliban, the entire country of Afghanistan, it will become a breeding ground for everything that you claimed to want to stop. And you're calling American patriots terrorists. You hear this? You see how this works. You see how this script has been flipped. Lester Holt, NBC Nightly News. A new terror alert has been issued by Homeland Security tonight. Pete Williams is here. Pete, what do we know about this? 
Well, DHS says this new terrorism advisory is not based on any actual threats or plots, but it says there's a rise in anti-government rhetoric. Some of it is opposition to COVID public health rules like mask and vaccine measures. Mm -hmm. Some calls for violent action are based on claims of election fraud or a belief that Donald Trump can be reinstated. Uh -huh. And DHS says the coming 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks and religious holidays later this year could be catalysts for violence. The last terror advisory was issued in May. It expired today. This new one says domestic extremism remains a threat priority, Lester. All right, Pete, uh -huh. thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. So 9-11 anniversary. Bruce, you can clearly see this headline. This is out of the New York Post. I want you to weigh the magnitude of this. 9-11 memorial this year. You know how they go through and they have the ceremony every year and they bring up the people and they talk at the podium and, and everything. Well, this year, this year is going to be a little different. The 9-11 memorial will exclude, hear me, exclude first responders and survivors. So if you were there, if you were an NYPD officer, if you were an FDNY, if you were somebody that got pulled out of that rubble, you've now been excluded. You're not allowed to be there. You're not allowed to speak. I'll tell you why. Because of the shift that I mentioned. The agenda has changed. They want that problem to go away. They want 9-11 to go away. They want to be able to use it however they want, and they don't want anybody speaking against it because now as information is starting to work its way to the surface, you can go back and you can start asking questions. You can ask questions now about 9-11. What actually happened on that day? What happened? You see, I'm looking at a lot of these things that have happened over the last few years that have seemed like they have been intentionally done. We were in Afghanistan for 20 years. And to make no mistake, the reason we were Af in Afghanistan is because of 9-11. Whether you believe the main story or not, the mainline story or not from 9-11, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at this point. I mean, it, it ultimately, it does matter. But at this in this context, we're going to talk about it. It doesn't for a couple of reasons. One, it's been used the way that it's been used to take our rights. You don't have a Fourth Amendment anymore. That's gone. Hell, the First Amendment, that's pretty much gone with it, especially now. But we went into Afghanistan because of what happened on 9-11. The people that supposedly did it weren't even from there. They were from Saudi Arabia. We didn't touch Saudi Arabia, did we? And so what is it? What's it about? We can go down and we can talk about conspiracy theories and, and do all kinds of stuff. Everyone has their own opinion on what happened on that day. I have my own opinions. And what I can tell you about my opinions, I'm not going to get into like all kinds of crazy stuff or anything like that. But what I can tell you is that we are in this position now. We're seeing what is happening now because of what happened on that day. Now, if all of this is a giant spiraling degeneracy from the ruling class, which it seems to be, doesn't it stand to reason that they would have the, the know-how and the ability to pull off something like that 20 years ago when information didn't flow quite as easily as it does now? Remember, the same people that are feeding you mainstream information about Afghanistan now are the same people that are feeding you the same information about COVID. And we know all the lies that are there. These are the same people that fed you information about Iraq. These are the same people that fed you information about Libya. These are the same people that fed you information about ISIS. These are the same people that fed you information about 9-11. These are the same people you want to go back further than that? We can do it. These are the same people that fed you the same information about Oklahoma City. These are the same ones that fed you the same information about the first World Trade Center bombing, which was supposedly carried out by Osama bin Laden, too. What did I say the other day about Osama bin Laden? He was contracted by 
a guy that worked for the U.S. State Department, a guy by the name of Zbigniew Brzezinski, wrote a book, wrote a few books, actually, Between Two Ages, America's Role in the Technotronic Era, The Grand Chessboard, contracted a group of guerrilla fighters led by a guy named Osama bin Laden. Now, again, like I said, I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories. That's just not the kind of person I am. If anything, I like to disprove conspiracy theories. I like to take a conspiracy theory and I like to work it backwards. I always tell Bruce that. I said, when we start looking into something that is usually a conspiracy theory, I said, all right, let's take the conspiracy theory and let's work it backwards so we can pick it apart and determine what's right about it and what's not. Because not everything about a supposed conspiracy theory is incorrect. There are hints of truth in all of that stuff. A conspiracy is a real thing. That is a real thing. The problem is, is that the way that this psychological warfare has been used against everybody, it's been twisted into this, uh, well, uh, you're a you're an extremist lunatic if you think that that's the case. That's what it's been turned into. We can talk about the conspiracy theories when it comes to COVID-19 or whatever. I mean, God knows there's plenty of them floating around out there. But we only deal here in what we can prove and what makes the most sense to us and where things point. That's it. When we were talking about the real target of the establishment last week with Bill Gates and all the rest of it, that wasn't a conspiracy theory. It was in black and white. It was in a published book. Hell, it was in a college textbook. But we can get into timelines and do all that stuff. Quite frankly, we don't have the time to do it today. But the agenda has now been flipped. They took their unpopular group. They did their little beta test. They got all the kinks worked out. Now you're the target. You don't want to do what you're told by the government. You're a terrorist. You don't want to give up your churches. You don't want to give up your religious beliefs, your religious holidays, you're a terrorist. You believe the election was stolen. You're a terrorist. You know what? That to me sounds like the talk of a terrorist, quite frankly. I would I would actually dial it back a little bit. Not 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 the terrorist bit, but the big saying uh, that you think the election was stolen. It's mm -hmm. not even you don't even have to go that far. If you believe that the election wasn't like there was fraud that happened in the election or we should investigate it. You're, you're considered a domestic terrorist, or at least a threat. But yet at the same time, Twitter's running around shutting down all of the accounts that are associated with election audits. All of them. Not just one. They didn't just shut down the Maricopa County one. That report's coming in a few days, by the way. They're shutting down all of the audit accounts in all of the different states simultaneously. Why? Why are Republican state senators and state representatives, why are they blocking subpoenas? Why are they doing everything they can possibly do to stifle election audits? Why? I don't want audits at the federal level, right? We pretty much have a good idea of what happened there anyway. I want audits at the state level. I want audits at the local level. And I think we won't know this until we start doing this, which it's in the process of happening now. That's why they're banning all those accounts now. I think once you start digging and I think this is why you're seeing the resistance on both sides. Once you started to see the resistance, the Democrats, we understand why the resistance there, right? That, that goes without saying. But the Republicans, once you start seeing the response from the Republicans saying, well, no, we, we don't want to look into this because there, there's really there's no basis there and there's really nothing you need to see. OK, that right there, that right there. As soon as I started hearing Republican representatives and state senators saying that, I said, all right, that's it right there. That is exactly why you need to look into it. Because I'm of the opinion that because of their responses and because of their actions and because you have big tech aiding them to shut down this stuff and this dialogue and this debate at every turn, there's something they don't want you to find. And the things they don't want you to find are as simple as the fact that they are not supposed to be there. You and I were kind of discussing this before we started. I heard talk this afternoon of Mike Pence. Now, I know that we have our opinions of Mike Pence and doing what he did. Okay, fine. 
right? I, I think there was no excuse for what he did. Uh, he, he should have stopped it then and there because none of this, none of this. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not a fan of, of Mike Pence. And hell, I'm not a fan of Trump because of this vaccine garbage. We're in this mess because of the actions of what that administration did. This segregation of society. Are you people sick? Are, are you people that demented and twisted and degenerate? The hell is wrong with you people? Like this, this, this is a level of insanity. These people have gone insane. They're insane. This is disgusting what you're doing to people. Again, Operation Warp Speed. But if Mike Pence didn't certify that election, if he didn't do it, which, like I said, we already knew that that was, you know, that, that was a, a thing in and of itself anyway. If Mike Pence didn't certify that election, then Joe Biden would not have gone in office. There would have been an election recount or whatever. And a recount doesn't do you any good. Not when you have fraud in the system. I, I've done enough audits in my days. And I've worked with auditing companies at the corporate level and everything. Believe me, you can't recount something when you have fraud in a system. You have to audit. That's the only way you're going to be able to disseminate what happened. Audits are what they don't want. Recounts are what they want because the fraud's already there. So they can say, oh, yeah, okay, see, we did a recount. Everything's fine. No, we want an audit. So Pence certifies. Biden goes in office. The whole administration goes in office. And the whole thing about the administration in the first place stunk to high heaven, because if that's a legitimate administration, you've got guys like Bernie Sanders, you got people like Elizabeth Warren out there on NBC Nightly News and on Morning Joe jockeying for positions, trying to get a place in that cabinet to get their agenda in. That's what you got. None of that happened. You get a bunch of second, third rate people you never heard of. Because that is a giant criminal conspiracy and everyone is involved and they don't want to get anywhere near it. Bernie Sanders, Warren, all the rest of these corrupt senators, they don't want to get anywhere near this thing. So the administration goes in. They don't have any choice at that point. They have to go full bore, right? They have to go 110% on a takeover. And that's what they're doing. But in the meantime, if Trump went back in office, if Trump got reelected, you wouldn't have audits, would you? You need those audits. Uh, actually, it, I, I can't 100% say that because... Let's assume, for, for, for the sake of this ar argument, that the Democrats did, in fact, cheat, okay, uh, and they lost. So if you're cheating and you lost, what, what, what are you going to surmise? Well, clearly, the Republicans were cheating, so we have to audit. So I think the Democrats would push for an audit as well uh, in this scenario, thinking the Republicans are going to be the worst of the, the, the culprits here um, w w with the cheating. And very well, that could be. Uh, we don't know, because there hasn't been audits. Well, with the way that they're blocking and it, it's not enough. I mean, I OK, the Democrats, right? They, we know that they're going to block things. I mean, hell, the ones that got onto a plane and flew up to D.C. from Texas. I mean, come on. Yeah. So we know that they're going to they're going to block and they're going to run interference all day long. We know that. But the Republicans, when you start seeing the Republicans, you know, the do good or check pants, you know, got out there with the family and the dog, you know, kind of campaign ads, the ones that got their foot out there on a bale of hay with some snakeskin boots and they've never actually seen a head of cattle. That one. Yeah, all hat and no cattle, that kind. When they start saying that, no, no, we don't need any audits. Okay, why? Why? Now, see, your, your constituency, we're not like the Democrat constituency. We don't just go along and, and trust the people that are in power and then and say, okay, well, yeah, you're, you're going to do best by us and, and we're going to continue to support you no matter what. That's the, the Democrat credo. That's the union way. Yeah, that's what they do. Well, that's our party. That's what we're going to support. And well, they're going to fight for us. Yeah. How's that working out for you? But when you start pushing back on those of us that can actually think and make up decisions for ourselves, we start to get a little bit puzzled. OK, why don't you want those audits? You're supposed to be this holier than thou walking into church on Sundays, got a Bible under your hand, got your whole family with you, man of God, right? Oh, that's what they do. That's what they do. Getting the photo ops coming out. Oh, yeah, they love that. 
if you're such an honest stand-up person, well, then you shouldn't have any problem, right? You shouldn't have anything to worry about. You, as a matter of fact, you should be championing those audits, not blocking them, but they're blocking them. Now, the only thing I can surmise are two things. One, you've been threatened. Your family's been threatened. You know, kind of goes hand in hand. Or two, you're not supposed to be there. You were not elected. And you're using the same fraud system that's being used everywhere else. There's no third option. Yeah. If both sides are, that, that, that's the only thing I can conclude as well. Both sides are, are uh, trying to hamper this. They're trying, to, at the very least, at the very least, you see the tension that's going on with at least half the nation. You see half of the nation is, is in turmoil over the election process. At the very least, you're obligated to go in and do an audit to show that there's nothing afoul here. And if there is anything afoul, we'll work and visibly, transparently work to try to resolve that. And neither side is willing to do that. Neither side. I mean, granted, we, we, we have some on the Republican side that are standing up and independents that are standing up saying we need to do it. But it's not the whole. It's not the majority of them that are standing up and saying those things. Hell, the Republicans, uh, if they take the same lines from the Democrats, they would be screaming for audits in unison, uh, just like they did with Trump when he was elected. Or, or, well, how about every time that they've lost an election, they all scream in unison that, that there was fraud and, and, and cheating going on? Russia collusion. Yeah, we heard yeah. nothing but Russia, Russia, Russia for four. Uh, hell, it was on Inauguration Day. I remember uh, Inauguration Day. They were in the parade. NBC News was in the parade saying, uh, we're still trying to verify whether or not he's actually supposed to be there. There's talk of Russia collusion and, and interference. That went on for four years. Four years. Yet Adam Schiff and those those yahoos up there on TV every other day saying, oh, we've got the proof. It's rock solid. It's here. It's coming. It's, it's going to be right here. We've got it all. The smoking gun. It's here. He's going to be out by uh, by this week. None of it ever happened. We spent countless hours, man hours, dollars investigating Trump, investigating the Trump administration. And what did, what 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 would what did we find? What did we find? I mean, they went through and would look through his uh, financial records, through his dealings, through his business. Um, you know, if they would have found something amiss, it would have been plastered all over the media. It would, have, tried it would have, yeah, it would have been mysteriously leaked from the State Department that, uh, you know, his tax records or his, if there was something askew and amiss. Where's that Hunter? Happened. Where's Hunter Biden? Where's that? Uh, no, no, I'm serious. What? He No, he's up there on T. No, that's 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 BS. He's up there on ABC News or CBS or whatever, one of those garbage networks. He's up there talking about Parmesan cheese. And he doesn't know if uh, if his laptop was stolen. Are you kidding me? Are, are you kidding me? He has no idea. Was that your laptop? For real? I don't know. I know, but oh, you know that. I a, really don't know okay. if the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop was I don't have any yours. idea. Uh -huh. I have no idea. So it could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, oh, it, yeah. There yeah. could be a laptop out there that uh -huh. was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that, uh -huh. that, it, was the, that it was Russian intelligence. Oh. It could be yeah. that it was stolen from me. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Uh, what about the uh, what about the video that was just released by the Daily Mail a couple of days ago of Hunter Biden butt naked in a Las Vegas hotel room with a hooker talking about how Russians stole another laptop from him that had all kinds of stuff on it, all kinds of crazy stuff on it. Uh, why isn't that all over the mainstream media? Why aren't they talking about that? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the hellfire storm? that would be taking place if that were Don Jr. Can you imagine what would happen? Yeah, that that uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I can only imagine because uh, we we've seen how they went after Don Jr. Oh, it's disgusting. Nothing. It was disgusting. Yeah. All right. Um, that's all I had today. I'm glad we actually didn't get into too much like COVID stuff. <laughs> we had a lot of protests and stuff around the around the continent of Europe over the weekend. Also, you had protests in Montreal, Canada. Big protests, Montreal, Canada. But uh, we will cover those tomorrow. Unfortunately, we're out of time today. So we are going to have to go. All right, for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, please do get over there and get signed up to us. You do get all of our podcasts we put out here every day, and you also get an exclusive podcast that we put out usually once a week, but the last couple of weeks have been not good. Uh, so we'll try and get back on that this week. Uh, also, you get access to our news feed over there. And a lot of the stuff we talk about in here and a lot of the things we don't talk about are listed up in there. We get uh, photos, videos, uh, news articles, things like that. So it's a uh, it's a really great information tool that we try to keep up on over there for you. So, uh, yeah, get over there and get signed up to us. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, you give us a rating when you get a chance. We would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.